It pierces, the Bible says, to the dividing asunder or the dividing apart of the soul and the spirit. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This is what the Word of God does. It's why we can hear someone sharing the Word of God, and maybe some of you have experienced this before, and it's like, man, it seems like they were like talking just to me. Why is that? That's because that's, that's not the individual. That's the Word of God. That's the power of the rhema, the living Word of God, where it reaches right to where we live. And discerns our thoughts and our intents. Now the beauty of the word of God being a quick and powerful and a sharp two-edged sword is God never intended for that sword to come cut people up and hurt them. The reason it's sharp is so that it can cut without doing damage. You get a dull knife, you can really do some damage. But the reason it's sharp is so that it can, it can cut with precision where it needs to without damaging an individual. That's why the Word of God will come in love, but it, you can feel it. Some, some, sometimes it hurts a little bit. It's like, oh, that's getting somewhere in me. But you realize, man, that's the love of God. He doesn't beat us over the head with it. He pierces our heart with it. He wants to heal, make whole. And so if the word of God is so powerful, it would seem like, man, it's going to do what it's supposed to do every time. But the scripture tells us that there were those that heard the word of God, but it didn't do anything. And the reason it didn't do anything is because it didn't mix with faith in the heart of the hearer. And so you and I have a responsibility in this. I need to hear the word of God. And we were singing that song earlier Lord, I believe that you're my healer. I believe you're more than enough for me. I believe nothing is impossible with you. Well, the believe is me mixing my faith with the word of God. So we need to mix our faith today. Praise God. Um, Before I forget, um, this week... It's already going to be September. That's crazy. But it is. And it uh, sort of feels like it's somewhere you're like, man, it's a little cool in the shade. So uh, if you need to slide in the sun, you can do that or give it a moment and you'll be in the sun. Um, September the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the first three days of this month, I'm asking all who will from the body to join together with us in three days, set aside three days of focused prayer and fasting. Um, I'm believing for what the Lord would like to do in these valleys, in us, with us, and through us. And uh, we, will, we will be communicating uh, via our broadcast messaging system some specific areas of focus and prayer as we're fasting through those three days um, that we can agree together in prayer for what the Lord's going to do. Um, Prayer works and it changes things. And so that's September the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, three days of focused prayer and fasting. And uh, if you're saying, man, I've never fasted a full day before. You're talking to me about three days. Then I, I would encourage you, start and commit to something. If you say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast breakfast and I'm not going to eat till lunch every day. Now, if you're a person that gets up in the morning and never eats till lunch anyway, that's probably not really fasting breakfast. You with me? 
What does fasting do? Fasting does two things. Number one, it brings my body in subjection. It tells my flesh, I'm in control, you're not. But more importantly, in doing so, in bringing my body under subjection, it gives me and you a greater sensitivity to the things of the Spirit of God. So I begin to hear His voice more clearly. I begin to discern His direction more clearly. So when I go to prayer, my flesh has been crucified. My flesh has been subjected. And so the Spirit becomes stronger. Does that make sense? This is the purpose of fasting. We don't bribe God. We don't go, God, I'll not eat until you... Well, that doesn't work that way. We don't bribe him. It's about getting my flesh under subjection so I'm more in tune with the Spirit of God. And so these next three days we want to do that, and as, or the first three days of September we'll do that together. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I... Um, yeah, I'm going to share this story. I um, often would hear my grandmother tell a story about fasting. I didn't plan on talking all this about fasting, but here we are. My grandmother would tell me this story of when she was a young lady. She met my grandfather. They got married. My grandfather's mother, so it would be my great-grandmother, of course, my grandmother would tell me a story about her. She said we would go to her house and eat dinner. We may help them work in the field. We'd come in from working in the field all day, and my great-grandmother would prepare the meal, sit it on the table, and then sit down with them, and the whole family, they would all eat, but my great-grandmother would not eat. And so my grandmother was young and a little bit naive still, wasn't sure what was going on. And so she said, uh, you know, she would ask her mom, you're not going to eat? And my grandmother would say, she'd just reach over and pat her on the hand and say, no, baby, I'm fine, y'all, just go ahead. And she said the next day they'd show up there, her and my grandfather, they'd work all day in the field. They'd come in, she'd make dinner, put it on the table, and she'd sit down with them, and they'd pray, and they'd eat, and she wouldn't be eating. My grandmother would ask her again. And she said sometimes she would go a week like that, working all day in the field, preparing meals, doing these things, and she would just subsist on water for a whole week, working in the fields all day, preparing meals for the family at night. Now, that's a pretty cool story. But I've heard far more stories than that about how powerful a life of prayer she had. And how when she prayed, the time she went to a person's house where the lady was dying with cancer. And she said, well, we're going to pray. And they said, she's not eating or drinking. We don't know what to do. And my great-grandmother, this is another story my grandmother told me. She said, "My she was... My great-grandmother drug her along. She said, we're going to pray. And so they walked in that house, and my great-grandmother went in the room, and the family told her she's not eating or drinking anything at this point. We don't give her any hope. And my granny said that my great-grandmother said, 
go get a canning jar and fill it up with water. So she did. She went and got it and brought it back. She gave it to the lady and said, here, would you drink this? And they were like, she's not drinking anything. Well, the lady took the jar of water and drank the water. And they said, in that moment, God healed her. They prayed the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus, and the Lord healed her. And that lady lived several more years after that. See, I believe some of those stories come out of prayer and fasting. And so we are going to spend these three days fasting together for these valleys and see how God will use us as a body, what he wants to do. Amen? Praise God. One other reminder, tomorrow night, Monday night, 7 o'clock, ladies are meeting here for prayer. We encourage you, ladies, if you're free, be here. If it's difficult for you to be here for whatever reason, set aside the time if you can in your home at 7 o'clock. Let there be unity in prayer. Uh, Men are meeting Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. here for prayer. And we're believing for great things that are continuing to happen. Amen? Would you grab your Bible and go with me to the Word of God this morning? To the book of Mark, the Gospel of St. Mark. I'm glad we don't use the term or the title saint anymore. Imagine if we call her St. Louis, St. Julie, right? Wouldn't that be great? I'm I'm glad we don't use that anymore. You're, You're saints of God, right? If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're a saint of God. So... Religious tradition has, has uh, turned saint into a title that is for a select few. But if, you're, if you've been washed in the blood, baptized with the Spirit, you are a saint of the Most High God. Amen? Praise God. The book of Mark, chapter number 5. I was messing with me. The wind turned the page when I looked away. I was confused. I was like, what happened? Mark chapter 5, starting with verse number 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. They is Jesus and his disciples. And when he, that's Jesus, when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Verse 4, Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Verse 5, And always, night and day, He was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. This is a sad picture, isn't it? This is a sad picture. Verse 6. Watch this, verse 6. But when he saw Jesus 
afar off. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. He lives in the tombs. He's a crazy man. He's a wild man. They had tried to bind him up with chains and he would just break them. He cuts himself with stones. Night and day he's wailing and crying out. But when Jesus steps off of a boat onto the island or the place of Gadara, this man who is out of his mind, who is controlled and greatly influenced by unclean spirits, when he sees Jesus a ways off, the scripture tells us and records for us this place in history where this man ran to Jesus and worshipped him. Think about that. Verse 7. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now clearly this man's name was not Legion. This is the unclean spirit that the man is under the influence of that is speaking. We recognize that. Verse 11. Now there was there, nigh to the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000. That's a few pigs. That's a lot of bacon. deviled ham I'm just saying I don't know where that comes from but maybe and they were choked in the sea watch verse 14 now hold on before we read verse 14 oh we'll go ahead and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what it was that was done now so pause right there And I want you to pray with me. I want us to pray that the Spirit of God can do exactly what He wants to do in the rest of our time together here this morning. Can we do that? Would you agree with me that God, whatever you want to do with me in this place today, through us, for your glory, we allow you to right now. Come on, would you pray with me? Jesus, in your holy name, we are fully and completely dependent upon you. Without you, we can do nothing, but with you, all things are possible. Today, Lord, we look to you. We trust in you, and I pray the sovereign work 
of the Word and the Spirit of God to accomplish that which you send it to do. I pray the flow of your Spirit to each vessel according to your design. I take authority over every aspect of the time that remains together here. And I pray the liberty of the Holy Ghost, uh, the utterance and the flow of the Word of God to reach its determined place that you have foreordained and to accomplish that which you send it to do in the name and by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, we praise you, we submit to you, and we trust you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. So what a powerful recording of history here. You know, this really happened. I, I can't imagine what it was like in that community. Don't you know everybody had, they probably had a name for this guy, whatever it was. It's never recorded to us in Scripture what his real name was. But I'm sure that however the community talked about him, they had some things to say about him, wouldn't you think? You reckon they probably had some labels placed on his life? Reckon maybe they had determined some things about him? I would dare say that most likely many, if not all, of the community had written him off. And determine, that guy's a lost cause. There's no hope. We've tried what we know to do. And nothing's different. He's just going to live out his life there. What a sad state of existence that would be. And to think that that would be all that life would be. Tormented. And, and so this was this man. And clearly the community had tried to do some things for him. I don't know what they tried early on, but by the time we get to Scripture here, all that's recorded is they tried to bind him up with chains. I don't know if their intent was to help, but they thought, well, the way we can do this is we'll just get some chains and we'll shackle him up and we'll try to control what they could not control because they were trying to deal with something in the natural that was spiritual. And you can't deal with spiritual things in the natural. Ever. You can try, but you'll get frustrated. You can try, but you'll only go so far. You don't have to raise your hand this morning. I know the answer already because you're as human as I am. Every one of us in this room, if I ask you to, or in this lawn, if I ask you to raise your hand, if you've ever tried to deal with something, change something in your life, and you keep trying and you keep trying, but you just keep falling back into the same rut and the same trap, and you're like, why can't I, why can't I overcome this thing? And it just seems to keep... Well, I'll tell you why. You're trying to do everything in your human will. And the human will can only accomplish so much. But there are areas where in our lives we've had spiritual influence. We may not have realized it, but we opened ourselves up in our daily living and the things we let get in through entertainment or voices. or We've opened ourselves up. And so spiritual influences affected and impacted our lives. And those spiritual influences, without even realizing it, we've come under them. Maybe not to the extent that we read about here. We read a very extreme situation here. But spiritual influences come into our life. 
Oftentimes they manifest in addictions, different ways, things that we, we, we want to break them, but we can't. Why? Because they have a spiritual root in nature. And so the way to break them is by the power of the Spirit of God. The Scripture teaches us in the book of John, chapter number 3, verse number 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. What's he talking about? He's talking about you've got to be born again of the Spirit. There's got to be a spiritual work to break things that are of a spiritual nature that are contrary to the will of God in mind in your life. Those things can't be broken through natural means. And so I need, you need, we sang that song, you're all I need. That's really true. I need the work of the Spirit of God in my life. To break these things that would try to hold me captive against my will. And so here's this man. They tried in their natural means binding him with chains. They weren't interested in seeing him healed. Maybe they were at some point, but he was too far gone at this point and they decided healing's out of the question deliverance is out of the question salvation they they had already given up hope i'll tell you why they'd given up hope they were looking through eyes of nat- natural man they were looking through what they could see with their human understanding they were looking through what they could see with their own natural understanding they knew his past i assure you they knew his name they knew his family they knew the story they knew the history and so they couldn't see beyond what they knew to see that a spiritual work could take place and change this man's life And you and I are as human as the next guy. And we can fall into the trap where we start seeing people. And we see their life and we think, man, there's no hope. There's God forbid that as a child of God, I would ever write any individual off. God forbid that I would ever see a situation and say there's no hope. I'm telling you, if the Lord can do it for that man, He can do it for anyone. There can come a change by the working of the Spirit of God. By the working of the Spirit of God. Now I want you to notice something. And I know, I know we're moving sort of slow here, but I, I think you're with me. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Okay, I think that was most of you. I wasn't watching your lips, but I think we got you. So, we have this work that's taking place here. And this man, they couldn't hold him with chains, but he's got all these unclean spirits. Devils, we read in the following verse that are binding him, that are causing his actions. They're not the actions of the man. They're the actions of the spiritual influence. Now, yes, he's doing them because he's given himself over to this spiritual influence. He didn't cut some things off when he should have cut them off. He didn't make some changes when he should have made some changes. And so what starts as a simple thing where I entertain an unclean spirit. Well, I didn't plan on going here, but here we are. See, sometimes you think, I I can handle this. And we'll entertain unclean spirits. The scripture says, we've entertained angels unaware. Anybody ever read that? We've entertained angels unaware. Well, we always talk about that like with good angels. You understand demons are bad angels. So you can entertain either type of angel unaware. And so we fall into this trap of thinking, you know, I got this, and we'll entertain unclean spirits. And at first, it just makes us make a poor choice, and then we're like, what was I thinking? And we stop. 
But what happens is if I don't stop, I'll keep yielding to an unclean spirit. I'll keep entertaining an unclean spirit. And before long, I can't control the influence that an unclean spirit has on my life. I've lost control because I've given in so much that now it has access whenever it wants to. And so now I find myself doing things I don't want to do. What is it? You've stepped into, you've yielded to that unclean spirit. You didn't put disciplines in your life by the Word of God. You didn't submit yourself to the Word of God and the plan of God. Maybe you resisted some instruction along the way. Maybe you just were taught this from an early age and never fully allowed the Spirit of God and the blood of Christ to wash over you and deliver you. I don't know, but I'm telling you, it's not hopeless. But we need to understand, we entertain these things. And we need an awareness given us of God. Because this man clearly entertained these things so long that before long he had no control whatsoever of these unclean spirits coming and going and controlling his life. This is what happens if I don't allow the Spirit of God to work and address areas in my life when He brings them to my attention. When I try to toy with things of the world, things that I know are contrary to the Word of God, say, I can control this. It's just a small vice I have. It's just a small this, a small... No, no, no. This is what happens, and we fall into this trap. But God is a deliverer. God is a healer. God is a restorer. He makes things new. He makes things new. He makes things new. The scripture says, If any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is a work of the Spirit of God. This is why it's called being born again. It's a work of the Spirit. So, this man, in this state, so controlled by all these unclean spirits, you would think he has no hope of getting to God, wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't you think? I mean, wouldn't these unclean spirits keep him from getting to God? You would think. But we read in the Scripture that when he saw Jesus Christ... God manifested in the flesh. When he saw him, who saw him? Was it the man that saw him or the spirits that saw him? Uh, That was a trick question. I think they both saw him. I think the man saw him and I think the spirits saw him. And I think if the spirits had their way, they would have ran away. Right? Why would unclean spirits run to God? They wouldn't. But the man, the man saw him. And there was something in the heart of the man that despite all of the unclean spirits that he was under the control and the influence of, the heart of the man so desired, and I'm telling every man and woman here this morning, this same thing is in your heart.
a desire to be in relationship with your Creator, a desire to be in relationship with God that formed you and framed you and shaped you and molded you and has plans for you. There is in your heart and in mine this God-given desire to be in relationship with Him. And so it was that in this man that despite having thousands of unclean spirits ran to Jesus. Someone hear me this morning. I don't care how many unclean spirits a man or woman may be dealing with. The human will is greater when it comes to getting to Jesus. It's a matter of you or I determining, I want to get to Jesus. I want to get to Jesus. This idea that the devil keeps me from doing it. No, he doesn't. When I determine in my heart and in my spirit, I may have some challenges and problems. There may be some things I deal with that I can't overcome. And I'm acknowledging I can't overcome them myself. But there's something in me. I want to know God the way He wants to be known by me. I want to know Him in the fellowship of His suffering. I I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. I want to know Him. I want to know Him as He wants to be known as a friend, not as a God sitting way out there out of reach, but one that's personal and real and knows where I am and knows your name and knows my name. When that's crying out from your heart, I don't care what influences there are. It can't keep you from getting to God. The challenge is some people like the way those influences make them feel. And so the human will isn't yet ready to move towards God and away from the feeling and those things that come with those unclean spirits. But when you determine, I can't do it, but he can. So this man... Despite thousands of unclean spirits, runs to Jesus. Jesus speaks the word of authority, tells the unclean spirits to go. They go. The man is delivered. They go into the swine. Even, even the unclean spirits didn't want to go back to the pit that they'd come from. They understood how terrible that was. They begged the Lord, please, don't send us back to the pit where we came from. They were content to go to pigs rather than go back to the pit. And so the Lord cast them into the pigs. The pigs run off the cliff. This is important to understand. You realize, of course, pigs don't have a soul. And because they have no soul, they at least had the sense that whatever's in me The only option is to run off a cliff. And so, we have this man now. The people that were watching the pigs, I don't know how many there were, but whoever it was watching the pigs, notice the scripture doesn't say they were amazed at the change in the man. The scripture says they ran into town to tell the people that owned the pigs, uh, we got a problem. How would you like to be the one bearing that news? Right? Sir, you know those 2,000 pigs you had me watching? There's a small problem. Well, maybe it's a big problem. 
for you, it's a big problem. I, maybe I'm going to stand over here and tell you about this problem. All 2,000 of your pigs, sir, they're gone. Can you imagine that conversation? This is a real story. They had, that's why they ran into town. They thought, oh, no, how do, we got to explain this right now. All 2,000 of your pigs. If you were the pig owner, I'd probably be something like, uh, excuse me? 2,000, all of them. Yes, sir, they're all gone. Where did they go? Well, that's the thing. They, well, you know that crazy guy? Yes. Well, there, somebody showed up and got off the boat. Yeah, I think, I, I don't think it was easy for them to just tell the story, right? We just sort of picture, oh, they went and told them. And they, no, they got to go confront somebody that owns 2,000 pigs and tell them they're all gone. Your entire enterprise is gone. The one I was responsible for is gone. Yeah, you forget about that part, right? So there's this thing that happened. I, I'm, this is the truth. I'm telling you, this is the truth. This man, the ship pulls up, and, and this man gets off the ship. And, and, and you know you know the crazy guy. Yeah, that one. Yeah, they knew who he was talking about. He, he, he comes running towards him. But, you know, like usually he's yelling and screaming, and he's doing all this crazy stuff. But I, I've never seen anything like it before. I mean, he ran to this man that got off the ship, and when he ran, he fell down and started worshiping the guy. It, it was strange. And, and, and he cried out something about, there was like this voice that came out that was, you know, we've heard that voice before crying out in the middle of the night. And that crazy voice cried out and said, you know, don't torment us. Why are you? It was, it was strange. And, and so that man very calmly just spoke something to the crazy guy. And when he did, like, all of a sudden, that guy was fine, but the pigs started acting crazy. No, really, this is true. This is exactly what happened. Yeah, see, we don't think about that part, do we? They had to share the story. Okay, so the pigs are acting crazy. Go ahead. Well, they didn't act crazy long. Okay, good, good, that's good. Well, not really, sir. Why not? Well, because... Remember that part about all of them being gone, sir? They all... ran. Off the cliff. That's all. Have a good day. All of your pigs ran off the cliff. But you ought to see the crazy guy now. Now watch. You say, what was the point of all that? I want us to understand how real this was that took place. This isn't just a few verses in Scripture. This is a recording of something that took place in the lives of real people. Where God did a real work. So they told the story. That's where we finish. Verse 15. They went out to see what was done. 
And they come to Jesus, and they see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. Watch. He's sitting. I'm in verse 15. He's clothed. And I want you to notice these next five words. And in his right mind. And they were afraid. Is that strange to you? This man that they tried to bind with chains. That had broke them. This man that they knew his family and his history. And they had lived with all of this. No doubt they told their children, stay away from him. If he's around, when you're, when you're out that way, avoid, if you see him, get away. He's, so, they came and this man whom they'd written off and had no... He's, not only is he no longer naked, he's clothed and he's in his right mind. And they were afraid. I mean, I'd be afraid before. Right? Alex said, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'd be afraid before. The guy's cutting himself. The guy's screaming day and night. See, what had happened is they had become so used to his state that they'd learned to live with that so that now when they saw him in this state, they could not explain the transformation that had taken place. And because they could not explain the transformation that had taken place, fear gripped their hearts. They were afraid of what they could not explain. Hear me. When you and I, as children of God, are delivered from every influence of every unclean spirit, and we are fully and completely in our right mind, I promise you, the God of this world and those that serve Him are afraid. They can't explain it. They can't understand it. But we see what God did here. Notice, it didn't say he was clothed and delivered, but he was delivered. It doesn't say he was clothed and set free, but he was set free. But it's interesting what the writer chose to make sure we understood. He was in his right mind. That tells me it's possible to be in the wrong mind. There is a work that happens by the power and the Spirit of God that moves you and I from a place of a wrong mind to a right mind. And you may sit here today and you say, well, man, are you telling me I'm like this guy? I'm not telling you that at all. But I can tell you every one of us has given in to unclean spirits in our life. And they influence our life and they influence our thoughts and we don't even realize it to where we start giving over to thinking that's not of God. It doesn't align with the Word of God. It opposes the will of God and we just call it life choices. But the reality is it's the God of this world seeking to influence our minds contrary to the Word of God so that the Word of God can't be effectual in our lives. But God is wanting to do a supernatural work in each and every one of us. He's wanting to transform our mind. Understand this, I'm trying to hurry here. There is a place in Scripture we find the story of the prodigal son. Wave your hand if you've heard of the prodigal son before. 
Several of us. Good. Most of us. Prodigal son. I'll do it real quick in case you haven't heard of it. The prodigal son went to his dad, said, Dad, you know, I'm grown up now. You got all my inheritance. Rather than wait until you kick the bucket, what I'd like you to do, Dad, is give me the portion of my inheritance that's due to me, and I'm going to go live my life. And the dad said, okay, and gave it to him. And he left, and he went out. And the Bible says he wasted that substance with riotous living. What did he do? He gave in to unclean spirits. He wasn't raised that way. That's just how he started living. And he wasted what was given him. He wasted what was given him. If that was the end of the story, what a terrible, tragic story. But the scripture says that he ended up in a country and he's penniless. He doesn't have any friends now because he doesn't have any money now. And he's in a place he never thought he would be. If you would have asked him when he got all that money and left, if he would have ever ended up in that condition, he would have said, no way, i got great plans and it's going to be a great life from here on out. But he found himself in a place he never thought he would be. He was, here we are with pigs again. I I didn't plan this. He finds himself in the pig pen feeding pigs. He never thought he'd be in that place. There's some of you here today. You're at places in your life. Or if you were to share some of your history, you would say, I never thought I'd be there. Yeah, I started a certain direction and I I knew it was just, you know, I knew I was stepping into something, but I I never intended it to end up where it ended up. I didn't didn't think that would ever happen. I never thought that would be the result. If Oh, if I could undo it, I would undo it. If I could change it, I would change it. I hear the hearts of some of you today cry. If there was a way to undo those mistakes, if there was a way to undo those choices, if there was a way to go back and just, I could point to a place where I made a choice that I wish I wouldn't have made. If I could undo that choice, well, you can't undo it, but I'm telling you, God can do a work and He can come and deliver from all of the shame, all of the guilt, all of those things that the adversary would try to hold over you. He can do something in your mind and in your spirit that can't be done with the human will. It's a work of the Spirit of God. And so we find this boy there, because I think he was still a boy. He was was still young. And here he is, he's in this pig pen And he's hungry. He's hungry. He's hungry. There's several of you here today. There's many of you here today. You're hungry. Not naturally, but spiritually. I feel your hunger today. Would you pray with me for a moment right here? Come on, there's a hunger in your spirit. You're like, there's got to be more to life than what I know to be happening. There's got to be more than just work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get a weekend off and live it up and then work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There's got it. And there's a hunger in your heart. You may not even know what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It is a hunger for the things of God. It is a hunger for the Spirit of God. It is a hunger for the ministry and the manifestation of God. Come on, why don't you express to God what your hunger is? Why don't you talk with Him about your hunger right now? The boy was willing to acknowledge, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Are you willing to tell them what you're hungry for? I hunger for the things of your spirit, Lord. I hunger for the promises of your word. I hunger for abiding relationship with you. So here's this boy in this pig pen. He's hungry. 
And the scripture says he was so hungry, he just started eating the food that was given to the pigs. Pig slop. That's what we called it in the south, slopping the hogs. And they call it that because pigs will eat anything. Anything. Really, anything. You don't believe that? Go buy a pig pen and take off a shoe and throw it in there. I'm telling you, they will eat anything. And this young man who had been in his father's house, he had now gotten to such a place in his life that he was willing to eat whatever pigs got served just to try to satisfy his hunger. The father didn't desire that for him. It was his choices. But no, here's what the scripture says. You can go read it later. I think it's in Luke chapter 15. The scripture says he's there eating the food from the pigs. And it says, it makes this statement, and when he came to himself. In plain English, this is what the King James means. He said, what in the world am I doing? What was I thinking? What am I doing here? I don't belong here. He said, when he came to himself, I'll tell you what happened. Something happened in his mind. I believe it was the love of God and the grace of God that reached to him, that reached to his life, that reached into where he lived, that reached and said, boy, it's time to wake up. Young lady, it's time to wake up. Young man, it's time to wake It was something. Sir, ma'am, it's time to wake Something grabbed that young man in that pig pen and he came to himself and he said, what am I doing here? He said, there's food enough and more in my father's house and I'm sitting here dying. He said, this is what I'll do. See, he had a moment of clear thought. You ever struggled to get your thoughts clear? Anybody ever struggled to get your thoughts clear? And then in that place, all of a sudden, it's like, man, I got a clear thought. Remember how, you know how wonderful that feels? Oh, I know what I need to do. That's what happened to this young man. He, he came to himself. He said, why do I sit here till I, in my father's house? There's food and more. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. Human effort. He had to move. Didn't produce a spiritual work, but he had to move. He had to want to change his situation. Some people, some people will be in the pig pen like that boy. God, please help me. Please come down here to this pig pen. Bring me some food right here where I am. And God says, I've got a place where you can eat. Oh God, I don't want to go there. Just maybe come feed me right here where I'm at. Let me stay and wallow in the mire. I sort of like this mud. It's comfortable to me. Just Could you just... The Lord invites you and I to move toward Him. His mercy, His love, His grace reaches to us in the pig pen.
but His love wants to take us out of it. Not leave us in it. What kind of parent would I be if my child was lost and broken and in a terrible place somewhere and I I went by and I saw him living in terrible conditions and living under just conditions I wouldn't desire for anybody. And if I went by and said, you know, I really care about you. Here's a little bit of food. I'll come back by next week. Hope you sleep good tonight. Have a good day. Love you. No, you know what I'm going to do if that's my child? I'm going to be like, come home. There's a warm bed. There's food on the table. There's a hot shower. There's, there's clothes there for you. Come home. I want to change their situation, but I'm not going to change it where they're at. I will need them to come out of it. There's got to be a want to come out of it. You've got to have a want to come out of where you are if you're in a pig pen. So I'm going to go to my father's house. He arose and he went to his father's house. There was a change of mind that took place in that young man. He came to himself. Thank God he had a moment of clarity. And he acted when he had it. It's interesting that, and I'm finishing here. I'm finishing. It's interesting to me that the, the, the town where the man in the tombs was. It's sad and interesting to me that the, the town didn't rejoice over his deliverance. I don't know if they felt like he had done some wrong to them by the way he'd lived his life so many years that they just were harboring resentment or something. I, they cared about pigs more than they cared about a human life. Man, that spirit's in our world today. People care more about animals than they do people. He, he, there was no care for that life. But I want you to notice. I said I was done reading, but I'm going to read this in Mark 5. Where we were reading. Watch this. So they, they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and concerning the swine. Verse 17. And they, these are the owners and the people that saw their pigs run, were gone. They began to pray him. That's Jesus. They're begging Jesus, depart out of their coasts. Leave. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. So this man prayed, Jesus, just let me stay with you in the ship. Just let me go with you. You've changed my life. You've delivered me from bondage of my mind. My mind was in torment, but you've healed my mind because my mind has been healed and restored and I'm in a right mind. Now my life is already, there's a dramatic change. Let me go with you. And you would think Jesus would say, come on, let's go. But that's not what he said. Verse 19. 
Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not or did not allow him to. Jesus suffered him not, but said to him, Go home. Not just home. Go home to your, what's that word? Friends. Friends. Go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and had compassion on you. Friends? We read at the beginning of that chapter of a long time he was in the tombs. How many friends did he have? Anybody want to venture a guess? I would imagine that because of his condition, people pushed him further and further out. Oh, maybe people were friends along the way, but as his condition got worse, or they just sort of separated and they tried maybe early on, but as he continued, they just sort of distance grew, space grew. Now he's been a long time. Who knows, it may have been his very friends that put chains on him to try to get him control. Maybe they thought that was the right thing to do. And these friends. But Jesus says, no, go to your friends. When the Lord, you know, we often talk about the Lord dealing with our sin and delivering us from sin. And he does that by the power of his blood. But one of the greatest miracles that the Lord can do is to heal our mind and do a miracle in our mind where the adversary will constantly come and try to bombard and influence our thoughts, influence our decisions, and thereby influence our actions. And the Lord has a pattern of delivering Someone from a corrupted or unclean mind. He can heal the mind. The writer says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. A lot of people are dealing with that today. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is great power in a sound mind. And this is the work of the Spirit of God. There are things... I, we need to pray again. I'm really trying to finish, but the Lord is really trying to help some people right here, right now with some things. If we'll allow Him, would you pray with me just a little bit here? And we'll finish. In the name of Jesus... Father, by your spirit, by your word, I pray, accomplish what you intend in the lives of people here this afternoon, this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Here's what happens, especially in our world today. See, the adversary's subtle. He's subtle. He doesn't come at you and tempt you with like this big, bright, flashing light that says, I'm getting ready to destroy your life. You want to join me? 
He appeals to our human fleshly nature. And we give in. And before long, our thoughts get so twisted. Our thoughts, and we we may lay down to go to bed and go to sleep. And we may sleep, but there's no rest because our mind is tormented. Our mind is just bombarded. I, I know the Holy Ghost is talking to some people here today. Our mind just can't, we just can't get rest in our mind. The Lord is wanting to do something for you today. The Lord is wanting to heal your mind. He's wanting to deliver you from the bombardment that you face. He's wanting to renew your mind. This is a work of the Spirit of God. There's many of you I know. There's just as many of you here today, it seems like, that I don't know. So I don't know your story. But I know what the Lord has been dealing with me about. Your mind has been constantly bombarded. You're living under this place of where you feel like you're pulled this way. And then you, you resist it and you're back this way. But then you're pulled this way. And you're trying to do the right stuff. And then your mind is pulled here. Some people even think maybe you're crazy. And you, you wonder yourself sometimes, man, am I crazy? Am I losing it? I'm telling you, God is a healer and restorer of the mind. He can renew your mind. Why is this so important? Because the mind is the place where the adversary seeks to do all of his work in your life. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, you can stand with me, please. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, I beseech you, I'm begging you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. But he didn't stop there. He says, and, and, everybody say, and. And is a conjunction. It joins two thoughts. One is not complete without the other. It's all well and good to present your body a living sacrifice, but the and means there's more. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now, by the renewing of your mind. This is the Word of God. You want to be transformed? You want your life to be changed? I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm not talking about some goofiness like that. I'm talking about a work of the Spirit of God. Where His Spirit renews your mind. It renews your thought process. It renews how you think about things. It renews. It It comes in and begins to declutter your mind. His Spirit can come in and begin to remove the confusion. Remove the noise. Remove the doubt. Remove the fear. When I allow the Spirit of God and the love of God to wash over me. And I allow the presence and the power of God to begin to minister to me. He can and renew the mind. That word renew there in the Greek means to renovate. It means to like tear down things that shouldn't be there and then build back that which should be. He can renovate the mind. When I was younger, I had an elder that used to say to me, you need to get rid of that stinking thinking. Anybody ever heard that? Stinking thinking. They weren't being unkind. They were simply telling me sometimes the way you think isn't in alignment with the word of God and the will of God. And so your thinking has been influenced by this world. 
So when Paul said, be not conformed to this world, we know that he was talking about how we think because he talked about the renewing of the mind. When my thinking change, my actions change. When my actions change, my life changes. The problem for some is we've tried to just do the thinking change in our human ability. But God is wanting to do a supernatural work here this morning. And for those that will and would allow Him to do, I believe with everything in my spirit that the Spirit of God will begin to minister to you. And He'll begin to wash over your mind. And you'll begin to feel some chains and shackles break from your mind. You'll begin to feel so. Would you begin to pray with me right now? I believe right now the Spirit of the Lord as we pray will go through this congregation of people. I pray the Spirit of God go through this congregation, this gathering of people. And begin to reach to the mind that is troubled. To reach to the mind that is tormented. And begin the renewal and the renovation process. I pray a renewing of the mind by the name and the authority of the name of Jesus. By the authority of the Word of God, I pray a renovation and a renewing of our thought processes. Let the mind of Christ be in us, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray a renovation, Father. I pray a cutting off of the adversary's avenues and a flowing of the Word and the Spirit of God to renew the mind. Let peace come and flood the mind. Let the hope of God fill the mind and the heart today. Let the presence of God wash over the mind of individuals this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray that there be such a move of the Spirit upon the mind today that sleep would come and rest would come like never before. That the torment and the noise would be silenced. That the peace of God would rule and reign in the heart according to the will of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let your Spirit minister to the mind. Let your Spirit minister to the soul, O God. Let our thinking come in alignment with the Word and the will of God today. That we would be transformed according to your will and according to your purpose. That the will of God would be proved through the people of God. That the plan of God would be accomplished through the lives of individuals. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, keep talking to Him. There's several of you here today, you just can't find rest in your mind. But the Spirit of God today would do a work. The Spirit of God today would bring healing and hope. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray by the work of the Holy Ghost, a renewing of the mind this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, please wait on the Holy Ghost with me here. There's ministry that's happening and needs to continue to happen. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some of you here today. You've got so much resentment built up in your spirit. 
that your mind can't find rest and it's because of the resentment you have. It's because of the resentment that you've let build up. Bitterness that's built up for whatever reason. I don't know. You know. God knows. Would you let the Spirit of God minister to that place of resentment and bitterness today? Would you be willing to release that to Him and allow the healing balm of Gilead to wash over your life this morning? In the name of Jesus we pray. In the name of Jesus we pray. Come on, there's friends that are going to expect you to come back to them. But the Lord's got to do a work in your mind so that you can go to that friend in a good way. Let the Spirit of God work in your life this morning. Let the Spirit of God renew your mind this morning. Come on, you're here for a time and a season such as this. God's wanting to do this. It's not something you have to earn. You just yield and say, Lord, would you touch my mind? Lord, would you minister in my mind? By your Spirit and by your Word, would you minister in my mind? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, children of God, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost here this morning. Jesus, we worship you and yield to you. We trust in you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're in no hurry right now. We're going to wait right here in this place on the Lord. This is personal between you and God, so let Him work. This is personal between you and God, so let Him work. This is personal between you and the Lord, so please let Him work. Come on, let the battle of your mind come under subjection to the Spirit of God. Let there come healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Today, a work of the Spirit. You don't have to leave here with those bonds that you came with today. Today can be the day that there's the transforming power of God to release your mind, to heal your mind, to give you clarity of thought, clarity of direction. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you're not praying with someone and you're done praying, then be praying for the Lord to minister those that are still praying. Come on, let we need to stay in tune with what the Lord is doing right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, this working of Your Spirit, this working of Your Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I pray clarity of thought. I pray surety of thought. That given of God, not the wisdom of men, but I pray the wisdom of God. Idolo sonto rei kataye posoto rei ikiatahaya nelo bokoria naye tielebe kitaha. Hallelujah! Come on, if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, then the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life, and that blood can begin to wash over your mind. 
It's as real today as it was the day you went down in the waters of baptism. Come on, let His blood wash over your mind right now in the name.
God, just pray. Fellowship the Lord. Worship Him. We need to keep an atmosphere of worship. The Lord is ministering in hearts and lives here today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you be willing to just thank the Lord together right now? We magnify you, God. We glorify you, Father. We exalt you, the living God. We receive the renewing of the mind. We receive the power of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We exalt you. We honor you today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you for your openness and reception of the word today. I feel it important to share this before we go. If you have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we know from the scripture that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has been applied to your life. The Word of God teaches us this. And so when you were baptized, if you were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the blood of Jesus was applied, and the authority of the name of Jesus was applied to your life, we know there's only one baptism. You don't get baptized again and again and again. So that blood is there, and so there is power in the blood to wash over your mind when bombardment would come. The blood can become a wall of defense through which the adversary cannot come. Now, if you're constantly battling in your mind and in your spirit, but you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you should be. The Word of God teaches us this. Everywhere anyone was ever baptized in the Bible, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It does a work in mine and your mind. It gives you a wall of defense through which the adversary cannot come unless you just allow him to. It's the power of baptism in Jesus' name. Just as the Red Sea cut off the Egyptians from ever coming against Israel again, baptism cuts off the adversary and his authority against us unless we open the door, go back to Egypt. This is God's plan. The Lord has done a supernatural work in many of you today. I'm sure of this. It is not based on what you feel. It's based on the power of His Spirit. And you felt, many of you felt the witness of the Spirit of God as He's ministered to your mind. We're not interested or we're not speaking against psychology. But this is not some psychological thing. This is the work of the Spirit and the Word of God. The Spirit and the Word of God. He wants you to have a sound the best way for that to happen is to have the mind of Christ to where my thoughts are no longer mine they're his 
And he's directing my life. He's influencing my choices and my decisions. Say this and I'll let you go. One of the greatest ways that our minds are bombarded is because we don't guard our minds. The Apostle Peter said that we should gird up our minds. He said, gird up the loins of your mind. Well, do you ever think about having loins in your mind? What's he talking about? I'll tell you what he's talking about. Loins are a place of reproduction. You with me? When he talks about girding up the loins of your mind, thoughts come in and thoughts produce stuff. Thoughts produce things in our lives. They produce right choices or they produce wrong choices. They produce good feelings or they produce wrong feelings. They produce right feelings or wrong feelings. Thoughts produce things. And so when Peter said to gird up the loins of your mind, he talked about you need to put some things about the places of your mind that produce thought in your life. Where do your thoughts go? Do your thoughts tend towards the Word of God and the promises of God and the faith of God? Or do your thoughts tend toward doubt and fear and anxiety? That means you need to let the Lord wash and renew your mind and then gird up your mind. How do we gird up our mind? The blood of the Lamb. We gird up our mind by the Word of God. The Scripture teaches that through the Word there's a washing and a regeneration of the mind. This is by the Word of God. So if you leave here today and you go keep listening to the same junk you've been listening to, watching the same junk you've been watching that's feeding your mind contrary to the Word and the will of God, you'll make void anything God did in your heart and your mind today because you just open right back up to those influences that were feeding your mind in the first place. Don't raise your hand. You ever met somebody that couldn't say anything good about anybody? Some of you laughed, so that tells me you probably know somebody. I hope that's not you. hope you didn't think of me. I mean somebody that can't say anything good about somebody else. You know, I try to just avoid them. Really. I don't think I've avoided any of you. If I have, forgive me. That wasn't probably why. No. Why? Because what we listen to, what feeds us, what that affects how we think. So we need the Word of God to feed our minds. God, we thank you today for your great grace, for your abundant mercy and the ministry of your Spirit. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise belongs to you alone. I pray this word be sealed in the hearts of every individual that willingly received it. I pray the work of your Spirit that has taken place, let it continue to complete fullness of your intent. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we give you all the glory. And everybody said amen. May the Lord bless you richly today. We will see you Thursday night if we don't see you before. We'll look forward to our time together in prayer and fasting this week and what God will do. Have a blessed day. Jesus, if you're a guest, thank you for being with us today.
Oxogladiquei.